Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Welcome to Strictly Mick and Tony, plus one. Gary Edgington looks forward to the weekend's cricket a little bit later on. We play Test Tony and we have the week's headlines to talk about. It's got to be Radio New York Sport. And we're going to start with a question for Tony. What happened 19,000... 308 days ago and has not happened since and while he's thinking about that we'll talk about the headlines from the last few days Andy Ruiz Jr. produced one of the biggest shocks in the history of heavyweight boxing to rip Anthony Joshua's IBF, WBO and WBA world heavyweight titles from him and tear up the division's proposed plot lines Liverpool they raise the disappointment of last season's Champions League final by claiming the trophy for the sixth time with victory over Tottenham in Madrid. European champion Saracens overturned a 11-point deficit to beat Exeter in a superb rugby premiership final at Twickenham. And as we mentioned last night, a motorcyclist has died after crashing during the opening race of the 2019 Ironman TT. Daly Matheson from Stockton-on-Tees crashed near Union Mills on the third lap of the four-lap superbike race. England netball owes Tracy Neville too much for them not to keep the door open for a potential return, says the chief executive. Neville has announced that she is going to step down as the Roses head coach after July's World Netball Cup in Liverpool in order to start a family. That's not straight away. I think she's going home first. Joanna Contra is playing better tennis than anybody and can win her maiden Grand Slam title at the French Open, says the 76 winner. Sue Barker, the British number one, meets a Czech teenager in the last four and matches that's been pushed back to tomorrow because of the bad weather that they've had in Paris. And Australian rugby international Israel Folu, Tony will tell me how to pronounce it, is speaking is seeking substantial remedies after being sacked for the social media posts that saying hell awaits gay people. The 30-year-old devout Christian, devout Christian even, had his contract terminated by Rugby Australia and has now launched legal action against them. He is claiming his employment was unlawfully terminated. No Australian of any faith should be fired for practising their religion. And that's something for Tony to get his teeth into in a moment, <laughs> isn't it? Um, 19,308 days ago. I'll try to work out how many years that is. England last won a semi final. 1966. Yeah. Mm. And they may win one tonight. Although, with the team he's chosen, I'm not altogether sure. Pickford in goal, a back four of Walker, Stones, Maguire, and Chilwell. A midfield of Barclay, Rice and Delph, with Sancho, Rashford and Sterling up front. Don't have a problem with the front three, because I don't think Kane is match fit. You prove that. Kane shouldn't have played on no. Saturday night. He's not match fit. It's as simple as that. <clears throat> but he's not playing Alexander-Arnold, and he's not playing Delhi, and he's not playing Henderson, obviously, because they played... He's not playing die, but he didn't play the full match either, I assume, because of the they played at the weekend. But it's Thursday night. They hadn't played for three weeks before the weekend. Alexander-Arnold and Henderson must be on such a high at the moment, they'll think they can beat anybody. Yeah. What? I can't fathom why you don't pick your best team. And Alexander-Arnold and Henderson have surely got to walk into any England team. Surely. I, th- I think the entire semi-final and team selection has been completely overshadowed by by the idiots who support England. Well, yeah, that was the next point, but yeah, I, I just find it. Liverpool and absolutely. Tottenham fans was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I heard a story a couple of days ago that a Liverpool fan had lost his wallet in Madrid, and in this wallet, apart from seven hundred quid was a letter from his 
wife who I think has passed away, if, if I've heard it right, apologies if I haven't, a Tottenham fan found the wallet, found a phone number in the wallet, rang the Liverpool fan up and arranged to meet and handed over the wallet, complete with letter, and the full 700 quid. I think that's... I would hope I would do it. I would hope you would do it. Yeah. Um, but at a football match, when you're playing each other, all credit to the Tottenham fan. And then the Liverpool fan gave him, I think, 200 quid for doing it and then bought a round of drinks for everybody in the bar. I think, I think any normal human being would, uh, would do something like that. And I don't think that something like that should be praised because it's just what you do. But, no, I thought it was nice. But it is fantastic, but so is the human race. So what's wrong with England fans? Mm, true. You know, you yeah. get Scotland fans, the Tartan Army, go all over the world in their thousands with nothing to support. Because Scotland are absolutely magnificently rubbish. But the Tartan Army go in the 20,000s and make friends with everybody. And never cause any problems. Never cause any problems, have a right laugh, get apps of the Scottish. They get absolutely smashed out of their heads, but have a good time. On the 4th of July 1977, an estimated 20,000 Scotland supporters invaded the Wembley pitch, broke the goalposts and mm. really smashed up the pitch after a fluke victory. Yeah. No, Tony, they don't cause any problems. Yeah, but they didn't sort of fight with people and throw <laughs> bottles, did they? They didn't. Right, let's have a quick look at these um, week's headlines because then I want to go on and talk about who I will once again try and convince everybody who is the world's greatest footballer. We've talked about the boxing. I don't think there's a lot more we can say. Um, was it a fluke? Did he get in with one cracking punch that Joshua never recovered from? Or wasn't he up for it in the first place? Well, I was prepared at the start of the week to act absolutely ridiculed joshua for his performance i managed to find a youtube youtube coverage of the fight and just watched him and and i just i just thought it was an embarrassment i've subsequently heard a claim by his dad that uh before the fight he had a panic attack and it just and 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 his dad was in the ring uh arguing with hearn afterwards and, and if anything of, of that nature is true, then, you know, it takes away all the sort of criticism I was going to launch at him tonight. But what I think we need to know from Hearn is the truth. Yeah, because if he hadn't, if he didn't have a panic attack, for all those people who suffer from those mental health issues... He shouldn't be... I to use that as a claim, yeah, exactly. that is horrific. Because we've also heard it's food poisoning, we've also heard that um, he got knocked down twice in sparring and was suffering concussion before he even went in there. We've heard too many excuses. It's yeah. about time we heard the truth. But we've not heard any excuses from Joshua himself. No, no, no. It was no, just said, no. I got beat fair and square, yeah, it yeah. was a bad day at the office. It's, it's what's going off around him, isn't it? Yeah, and I think those people, those acolytes around him deserve to, to to tell people the exact truth we we, we talked about the tt at length last night so apart mm. from being very sad um, i'm not going to dwell on that subject tonight Tra tracy neville the the one quality coach of the three neville siblings <laughs> um the one coach that's actually won something of the three neville um <laughs> siblings is stepping down and um you know I, we wish you all the best because she's firmly and squarely put netball on the map yeah, she has, but I mean, um, if she's, um, I don't see what more she can do, and so if she wants now. No, I, it all depends what happens in this world championships, don't it? They, 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 this will be the pinnacle, won't it? Yeah, and but, she's forty-two, which. But I mean, yeah, and and and, and so if she wants to uh, retire from the game at, to start a family, then bless her. Let's yeah, you know, uh, don't, let's, let's we, we wish, yeah. wish her all the best, and thank you for what she's done. Now, Joanna Contra is playing some brilliant tennis, yeah. and, could, and could well win the french open last time she reached these heady heights the whole of the country decided that she was the best tennis player that we've yeah. ever had and the poor girl went to pieces then she's australian well okay well that's nothing unusual for our sports people <laughs> but the poor girl went to pieces yeah just let her just play tennis this time mm. but um you know but i don't think we will because we don't do that do we no because because we've had 
we've had 70 years of hurt. Yeah, okay. And, 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 and so therefore, you know, if we get anything, you know, if, if, anybody get, if anybody in tennis gets to the second round of a tournament, it's usually because they're the umpire. And, and so therefore, you know, if it's a player, yeah. woohoo, let's go crazy and, you know, that that is unfortunately the the, yeah, the, an, it, the anvil that tennis players have to drag around with them, as Andy Murray found out. Okay, right. Um, I'm dreading this one, but good uh, news about Andy Murray, though. Apparently, he's uh, fitting well again. Yeah. I, 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 Anything that brings a smile to that lad's face, I'm happy. No, about. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I think I think he's yeah. Just because he's not good in front of a camera. It doesn't mean he's not a good sports person. No, no. And, and, and that, that's where we sometimes get it, get it, it wrong. Um, I just wonder, there's probably a time for every sportsman when the body is saying, hang on a minute. Yeah. You know. So what is it I, you're dreading? Gay bashing? I've got to live in this, <laughs> I've got to live in this, yeah, this answer. Just, let's just get this one right, please. Um, has he the right? No. To publicly say his no, feelings. No, that is ridiculous. And to, to say that to say that because he's a devout Christian is an insult to the Christi Christian church. Now, 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 this is where I want to take you somewhere fairly deep, then, here. Mm. Because you are a devout... A devout Christian. Christian. You make no secret of it. Apart from when they have certain collections. You're actually proud of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know... If I wanted you to go out on a Sunday morning somewhere, you can't because I'm you're at church. I'm at church. And you go to Mass so many times a week, I don't know. Yeah. But you, you and you, you don't fire it down everybody's throat all the time. No. But you are a devout Christian and that's what you believe in. Now, this is what he's saying, but this is the angle he is using. But whatever your feelings about same-sex marriages, because I don't know what the Catholic Church thinks about it, and that's what, you are a Catholic. Whatever your feelings are, surely they are your personal feelings, and that's where they should stop. But the idea is, the idea of Christianity is that God loves everybody equally, no matter what they're like, no matter what their particular you know, the direction they want to go in, God loves everybody equally. And therefore... All Christians should go along with that, not make sort of outlandish statements about homosexuals or anything like that. That is absolutely not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about making space for everybody of all religions and, and just accepting and just sort of putting God's love out there. You know, somebody you, somebody once said to me on a golf course, I really like it when you talk religion to me, Tony, because you don't try and shove it down people's throats. You just talk about how it affects you and how it affects your life. And it's just about, you know, just loving everybody, whether they're gay, whether they're black, whether they're whatever. You know, it's, it's because we are all God's children. That is, a, that is the, the core of, of, of all Christianity. Not saying the stuff that that bloke came out with. Absolutely ridiculous. And with you all the way on that one, it should be sacked and hopefully nobody will ever hear from yeah. him again. Yeah, too right. Right, last night, Switzerland on the attack. They claim a penalty. The referee says, no, don't think it was. <laughs> Portugal clear the ball. The referee's <laughs> running as fast as he can while somebody's <laughs> chatting to him in his ear. He gets to the other end of the pitch and... A Portuguese player gets brought down and they shout penalty and the referee says, you're right, that one is. The other one won't, but that one is. And then this chap in the ear says, hang on, I think you should look at that TV screen on the halfway line. So off he trots, looks at this TV screen on the halfway line, is convinced by somebody sitting in a office shed somewhere and Switzerland get the penalty, make it one or Now, half of that conversation is, at the end of all that, the right decision was made. Switzerland should have had a penalty. But I'll tell you what, and I know what you think about VAR, yeah. I'll tell you mm -hmm. what, if that is the future of football, it's going to change the game beyond all recognition. Well, do you want to referee? No. With VAR? I wouldn't, and a lot of people are going to say, forget it. If they want a robot, let them have the robot. Stuff it. I don't fancy that. I think last night, 
I've been sitting on the fence. I've been I've been doing what we call a Rob Wardman. I've been sitting <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> I think last night I've now decided that we don't want VAR. No. The- I'd rather have <clears throat> a bad decision. You can't. It can't go on like it did last I, night. I've been listening all day, apart from lollipopping duties. I didn't have my headphones on. I should have, I should point that out to the parents of, of the children I've been seeing across roads. But for the rest of the time, I've been listening to a fantastic cricket match from Trent Bridge, Australia versus the West Indies. And Chris Gale <laughs> was out three times. But on the first two occasions, he successfully appealed and it goes upstairs and the uh, official match referee or whatever. All right, can you take me through that one? Was it a no ball? No, that's okay. That's fair enough. Right. And and the umpire stood there in front of 20,000 people and 20,000 cameras and must look a right and I must feel a right idiot as well because, you know, I mean, it's his decision that he's made in all good faith. There was one cracking decision. Uh, He he gave out caught behind because he heard wood. And what happened was the ball clipped the bail or clipped the top of the stump and went into the keeper's hands. And from his angle and because it was a bowler bowling at 90 (coughs) miles an hour, the umpire went, yeah, yeah, I heard that. That's out. And the slow motion replay showed that it had missed the bat completely and just clipped the top of the stump, which didn't disturb the bales, therefore not out. And then the keeper pouched it. <clears throat> and the poor umpire's got to go. Change my decision. This is now the decision, not out. Why would he want to come back for another international tomorrow? <laughs> I know. You know. Why? You say, why have referees in football? You certainly don't need umpires in cricket. Right, um, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the top international European goal scorer of all time after his treble last night, taking to 88 goals in 157 appearances. The former Man United and um, Real Madrid forward is 32 goals ahead of any other active European player at the moment. That's Robert Lewandowski of Poland, who's on 56. He is the top scorer in European Championships ever, including... Qualifiers, 29. He is the top scorer in European Championship final tournaments, 9. He scored the most goals in European Championships final tournaments, 4. He's got the most goals scored by European in competitive international, 67. And he's got the most goals scored in European World Cup qualifying, 30. And he's still only 34. And at this rate, he could go on for another 4 or 5 Yes, I think that was his, what was it, his 50-something hat-trick or something last night. But you know he only got one for Juventus and one hat-trick for Man United. The rest of them are either for Portugal or Real Madrid. Really? Yeah. Good start. Now, this is what, this is my constant argument why he is better than Messi. Because if you look at Messi's Argentinian mm, yeah, stats, yeah, they're yeah. rubbish. Yeah, yeah. He I, has done it <clears throat> but I, that, at the top level and he he dragged Portugal into that final nobody else if it wasn't for him Switzerland would have won yeah but it's, it, I said to my daughter my eldest daughter that Ronaldo do you fancy him as you know as a, as a woman do you fancy him and she went god no no but I'm talking about Ronaldo the footballer yeah but I'm talking about Ronaldo the person like I talked about Murray the tennis player yeah but I cannot admire his footballing achievements because he's the most conceited person I have ever come across in my life. And 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 if he if he was a funny guy and 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 he had a cheeky wink in his eye and was was self-deprecating, which I hold above anything else as 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 the as the best sign of a good bloke. I would, I would admire his football talents. He's still got to be the world's greatest ever footballer. Still to come, Gary Edgington and Rob Orgel. But now it's time for this. And this one we're going to make him work a little bit, but it's not. It's not a big one this week. So uh, highlight um, of my week. Uh, here we go. Um, 
Born on the 2nd of July, 1857. <laughs> Edward Elgar. Musician. Well done. Name one of his... Um... I've got a clue. Born on the 2nd of July, 1965. Steve War. Steve War. Always, for some reason, had a red hanky sticking out of his trousers, didn't he? Out of his trouser pocket when he batted. You're better at, you say you're better at cricket than, than, than you are at music. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I've, I've no doubt um, Elgar was a hell of a... Pomp and circumcised one, all that lot. <laughs> I've got no yeah. idea. <laughs> But, but if, now, if Steve, was Steve War the cat? So Steve and yeah. Mark, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Steve War was the captain. He, he, was, he was he was the famous War. Uh, Mark War was rather the uh, the guy in his shadow. He was the Prince Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. On the fourth of July, but he wasn't ginger. In fairness, on the fourth of July, nineteen forty-eight, Bob Champion. Oh, Aldenita. Um, but basically the greatest story ever in the Grand National. Bob Champion uh, recovered from uh, cancer uh, to uh, ride a horse that nearly had to be put down. But the horse uh, made a fantastic comeback as well. And then they went on to win the uh, Grand National and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. On the 5th of July 1944, Chris Finnegan. Boxer. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. English boxer. Claim to fame? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Did Olympic he... gold medal, 1968. Oh, no, yeah. I, I was going to say, did he have a, a little bit beard um, on his chin again? <laughs> the, 6th of, the 6th of July, 1956, Beyond Borg. Oh. It's uh, just... Best ever? Fittest or ever. Fed, Fittest Federer, ever. Federer is probably the best. He looked gorgeous in his underpants. He, in his underpants range, you can't give it to Djokovic because he's no. He's you know, uh, probably Federer or Borg. I, I don't know. Again, Federer. It's, I find it very hard to like him because he's so perfect. <laughs> Federer is absolutely perfect. But Borg, yeah, what a bloke. I mean, he, he, he was he was a tennis player that men fancied as well. <laughs> you know, absolutely outstanding. There's something about being Swedish, isn't it? If, if, if a certain drinks company did tennis players, that's what you're trying to oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, which we got told off for mentioning him, so we won't mention him again. Did we? Yes. Really? Um, what, Carlsberg? <laughs> don't, please. <laughs> <laughs> We're enough trouble last time. Um, 1940, the 6th of July. Willie John McBride. <sighs> the, uh... Is it the 99 call? Uh, when w Willie John was in charge of the Lions and it was getting really, really tasty. And he said, look, we're not going to put up with this anymore. And he introduced the 99 call and he said, when I shout 99, you just turn around and punch the bloke next to you as hard as you can. <laughs> That's proper rugby. <laughs> you know, that, that is great rugby. D died on the 3rd of July 2016, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Now we're talking about the greatest again. Are we talking about the greatest? Yes, without a doubt. What a bloke. He, um... <clears throat> He, he won something, um, like a gold medal at the uh, Olympics or something. And then um, he went to something like a McDonald's and they refused to serve him because he was black. <laughs> and so he walked to the side of the road next to a river and threw his uh, medal into the river. <laughs> because, you know, he was so... Um, Obviously offended, quite rightly. You would like to think we've come a long way, wouldn't you? And then we you get Australians coming we out. We've, we we've haven't. Pat, we haven't gone forward one inch. No, I think we proved that in the last twenty minutes, haven't and we? That's, and that's why Raheem Sterling deserves all the credit in the world. Doesn't, doesn't matter. There's a footballer. What this, a top this, bloke. This, this show sort of. We're here to do sport, but we don't always do sport. So. Yeah. Let, me, let me come back to that one in a minute. We've, we've we've done religion. While while we're on the subject of not talking sport, 
This is a really good line, I know. It's a really good tangent to go on for a sports programme. But while we're not talking sport, can I tell you about my D-Day experience? No. No? No. And I'll tell you the reason why in a moment. Okay. On the 4th of... Um, one more sport. On the 4th of July 1927, it was the first ever Ryder Cup match. Was it? Of which the Yanks won nine and a half to two and a half. I don't think they've won since like, but... Um, <laughs> That is that is that is the greatest and sporting thing, isn't it? It is now. Yeah. Um, right. This is getting to where you want to go to. On the fourth of, of I'm saying July. It's June, isn't it? On the fourth of June, nineteen forty, Winston Churchill made his "We Fight Them on the Beaches" speech. Yeah. Uh, and if nobody's seen that film, it was a brilliant film. Um, <clears throat> on the fifth of June, nineteen forty-four, D-Day was cancelled. Why? Bad weather. Yes. Yeah. And we all know what happened on the 6th of yeah. June, 1944. But uh, I, I was asking a question today in the office, and I, I think I've got the right answer, but nobody in the office knew. What does the D stand for? I don't know. The, you see, it, it, the most... The, probably the biggest no, day I, in I don't, our history. I don't know. And nobody... Now, I, I've done a bit of research into this, and I've come to the conclusion d stands for day because if you listen to eisenhower written churchill and everybody else they either was talking about d minus three d plus three d being d day plus three days afterwards i went out to the beaches on d plus three and according mm. to wikipedia it stands for day which i i, I was amazed uh, now if i'm wrong I'll stand collect- corrected, but it, it, uh. D is the day. Anyway, um, well, just, it's v- v- very quickly, uh, we went to Normandy on, on a family holiday uh, when the children were quite young and um, there was um, a circular cinema on the beach and you walked in and this w- words came up in various languages. There is, there are no words to this film. It doesn't matter what n- what nationality you are. Just just watch this film. And it was a kind of circular cinema, and and the pictures were on the walls all around you. It was actually on the on, on on one of the beaches, and they showed you the sheer horrors of what had happened on that beach. And then when the film finishes, the doors open, and the beach is all around you, and in front of you were my two kids building sandcastle on the beaches that you just seen that happen on. Mm. It's one of the most profound experiences in my life. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the thing that I, I've looked at it in so much admiration this week, and, and, and we <clears> said how... <throat> and he, Paul Dobb did a fantastic achievement. Absolutely brilliant. And Matt and Vicky will do in September. It was two 95-year-olds jumping out of the same Dakota <laughs> as they jumped out in 1944. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul, Matt and Vicky, but it does put it into perspective a little bit. Yeah, but but but, but did they know they were? <laughs> <laughs> Honest. Right, coming up next. Yeah. Better not press that one. <laughs> Better press the right button here. Time to find Gary. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8pm, with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. And it's time to go to um, glorious Devon as they insist on calling and talk uh, cricket with Gary Edgerton. Gary, good evening. Good evening, uh, good evening, mate. How are we? Uh, we're, we're all good at this ending. Glorious sunshine up here. Yeah, you've been in sport. That's two days you've had this year. That's your summer over. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Uh, Gary, we've just been um, sort of reminiscing and talking a little bit on D-Day, and, of course, um, the Devon beaches played a big part in 
in all of that, didn't it? Yeah, a lot of the... Uh, there's been a few memorials down here today. Uh, the Jurassic Coast, uh, as I say, stretches along Devon and obviously Dorset um, over to Portsmouth. Um, yeah, they played a huge part. And there's been a big, uh, a massive uh, do today down in Falmouth, which is probably the largest port away from Southampton and Portsmouth down this end, obviously. Falmouth's in your favourite county, Tony. <laughs> Aye, Falmouth is uh, the, the, the third w- largest deep water port in the world, or I think Sydney, I don't know the second one is, but I think Falmouth's in the top three. Mm, and it's also uh, the prettiest. I was down there uh, a couple of weeks back. Love the fish and chip shop there, mate. <laughs> 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 so they've been doing a few D Day, oh, quite a few of D Day commemorations, because that's where also the training took place, isn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, what's the naval base that we always go by there? There's one, uh, I wish I'd known what that's called. It's not a, obviously, I haven't got a cricket pitch there, so I remember. <laughs> you <laughs> see, to, to, Tony takes everywhere by pubs, you take everywhere by cricket pitches. Fair comment. Yeah. It has been a very poignant day, though, and uh, been a fair few times something's come on the radio and just pulled over and, you know. Yeah, you. Um, just, makes you just makes you think, doesn't it? You know, it really does how make. thankful we all should be. It, it, it does. Let's talk cricket. I only forgot two minutes. I want to talk something else to you, but let's see how we get on because we've got another phone call to make after yours um, this week. Um, we always like to look back to see how right or how wrong you got it. Um, right. You got it right about um, Collingham, but this time they did it without a major input from Mohammed, which was nice to see, really. But uh, Collingham looked to be on the march. Yes, yes. Uh, an 87 run victory over Notch Unity Casuals. Uh, and as you say, Mohammed didn't feature. Uh, well, he played his bit, but you know what I mean. It's always nice when uh, you know your Ronaldo or your Messi <laughs> doesn't do all the goal scoring and like Portugal last night. But uh, and this week, you know, if they can uh, build on that, then uh, they'll be heading for the top four, and then they can push on. Balderton, you did say would struggle at Beaver, and to be honest, it was the top order that let them down. Um, you don't recover from 11 for 4 in the top division, do you? Because people don't let you recover from that sort of start. No, I mean, the further you go down the league, you know, you may have one decent bowler. If you're unlucky, two within the top divisions, you know, your openers come off and there's two two as good coming at you again. So, uh, yeah, uh, five wicket loss for uh, Beaver. Um, and... Uh, we said last week that Collingham shouldn't press the panic button, and I don't think Boulderton should either. Um, well, the professional has arrived. He arrived on Monday. Um, they oh, yeah. tell me he's an all-rounder. Um, so we will see what input he can have on the side. We'll see if, we'll see if he's been invited round to Miss, Mrs Jackson's house so Alan can feed him up. Exactly. <laughs> some proper, proper British grub down his neck. So one of your favourite teams are leading the way um, as we go um, into June then, and that's LSE. They're sitting at the top. Collingham and fifth, and Boulderton are are ninth. Can LSE are they a championship contender? They're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, I still say with the signing of Dan Birch, and Dan Birch has just started hitting runs for Clifton. Clifton to me. It shouldn't change your mind because you, you should always stick with who you chose. But I just think with Birch and Shepherd, Clifton, to my mind, if they get their act together, uh, but then again, if they struggle, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's always a case. But Shepherd to me, is uh, Shepherd's a danger man because his batting has improved beyond comprehension. He was just a slogger when I last watched Adam, but now he's regularly getting 50s and 60s, so... You don't get that by just slogging, so he's obviously worked on his batting. I and mean, he got another five five wickets at the weekend. And Reese Hayes at West Bridgeford, a name that we talk about on the, on a regular basis. Yeah. He got himself another ton. Yeah, uh, the leading run scorer in the league at the moment, Reese Hayes. I've got a few facts about Division A and a bit for you. Okay, well, um, we'll just go through last week. What we didn't bother telling you last week when you were talking about Newark is that Newark has absolutely decimated last week because of a. Um, 
a stag weekend in the middle of cricket season, which is something that you would never have allowed when you play cricket. Um, I got married in November, mate. Exactly. I got married in November. You don't you don't do anything in cricket season. Well, this, 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 cricket. even the captain went on the stag weekend, of which, which, which we did have a go at him on. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, I went down to have a look at him. It did look like the over 50s. 11, but the fact is, they still, Gary, this is the important thing is, they still got three teams out. The, the twos and the threes lost, but the first team won. And I yeah. think to get... The easiest thing in the world would have been to turn around and ring you up and say, oh, we can't get a side. They didn't. They pulled in favours, they got the oldies back out, and they got three teams out, and I think that is to be commended. That is to be commended. I will let you know of a rule that probably a lot of people wouldn't know about, Tony. Let's say, for instance, Newark R&M first had a cancelled the league wouldn't have not have allowed the seconds or the thirds to play. Quite right. You cannot pull your first team out of the picture because then your seconds have to go up and play for the first and your thirds have to go and play for the second. I can never work out in football that a first team in the local leagues, the first team can postpone and the reserves still play. No! Ah, yeah, we're, we're, we're singing from the same image. We are, big time on that one, but yeah. well done, Newark, and... Uh, I know they played a game more, but they're sitting top, and you've got to now start thinking they're going to be a force. Yeah, yeah, and they've they've got a tricky game this week. Unfortunately, Farndon slipped to a one-wicket agonising loss against Bottisford. Yes, so Mark Everington was not impressed with the performance. The match of the day in the area this weekend is not in Division A, it's in Division D. It is. So, uh, a good win, though, for Collingham Twos. Seven wickets, so they did a double over Notch Unity Casuals. Uh, Flintham had a four-wicket win over Loudham. Cornton had a ten-run win over Gedlin and Sheward. If you remember, they were lying eighth and ninth last week. Mm. Uh, so that's a good win in a low-scoring match. I think it was off the top of my head, 128-118. So uh, the ball definitely favoured over the bat. Boulderton twos had an 85-run win over Ellerslie. I got my picture of the weekend from that one, um, <laughs> Gary. 13-year-old Connor Ross at sort of three foot four, whatever he is, and Andrew Smith, who was knocking on for six foot, sort of punching each other, you know, doing the punch bit when they get into the middle there. It was brilliant. Oh, right. I mean, Andrew Smith is probably twice as tall as this 13-year-old lad, but once again... Um, young Connor Ross got himself 10 he hit another 4 and uh, it, that's the future and that's what I always look for Fond and seconds uh, 14 year old Re um, Rhiannon Nolan Davis 10.4 overs 4 for 33 yeah um, that was the stand for the, the um, in the defeat that was wasn't it yes against, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah that's uh, another one another name to mention I don't think it'll be the last time we talk about uh that bowler on a Thursday night. I'm sure she's, I mean, she's doing it for knots as well on when she's playing for the county, so she's uh, she's going places. You've got some stats on Division A, you say? I have, I have. Um, <clears throat> I'll only mention the people that are in our area because nobody's interested if they're not in the area. Mohammed is on in third place at the minute with 333 runs. In seventh place, who do you think that is? Remember, it's got to be from our area. So, Boulderton or Collingham, who do you think? And it's got to be in Division A. J Jacob, Jacob Fisher. Fisher. Yeah, 179 runs. And there's only one bowler from the area, from the two sides, <laughs> in the top ten for bowling. Oh. Pipesy? No, no. That's no. too obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Tom Shepard. How oh, lovely! So, uh, Tom Shepard's uh, there in ninth place with nine wickets. Oh, well done, Tom. And he's, what, 15, 16? I don't know. 16? Place no, you will have a lot better idea Six, on that. 16 at the very most, 16. Right. So, now we'll move on to Division D, because I've just done it on Division A and D this week. Right. I'm gonna do this is Tess next. Mick, isn't it? <laughs> hey. Go on. Top run scorer. Martin Hill, Farndon. Go on then, I'll give you that one. <laughs> 246 runs is the only one, though, from the area in the top ten. Averaging 66 point something. Well, 
that means he's batted four times to 61.5. No, not far off. You see, I do, oh, I do a little bit of it. I'm not just sitting here <laughs> talking, you know. Right, bowling. You're going to get me on this one, though. Bowling. In second place, we've got four people in the top ten. It's got to be a new Coronet player. Craig Jory? No, not even in the top ten. Ooh. Surname of Evans? He's, he's in equal fourth with ten. I don't know which brother it is. Matt. Matt Evans. Matt Evans and Jason Lamb are equal fourth with ten. So that's Jason Lamb at Farndon. So who we're looking for? Somebody in second place? Yeah, with the eleven wickets. <sighs> it's not John Essam. How old are Farndon Spinner? There you go. Yeah. And in tenth place, with eight, Dave Adwick. Yeah, yeah. So Farndon have got Farndon have got the leading run scorer and three out the top ten bowlers. And they ain't top of the league. <laughs> <laughs> that sums Fondon up, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, dear. Good stuff. Um, we've got a mixed weather forecast this weekend up, up here. I don't know what you've got down there. It's not but mixed. Up here, it's... Um, it totally depends which forecast you look at and who they talk to, but I don't think we're going to get away with a dry Saturday. We've got a major storm coming. Yes. Now, which hits us about six tomorrow morning. And we've got the remnants of that, I think, on Saturday. But let's just assume it's going to be nice. What have we got to look forward to? Ah, right. Collingham, obviously, we said, are in fifth place. Play the team just below them, Carrington Cavaliers. While Boulderton in ninth, play the team just above them, Kimberley Institute, who are in eighth. So, uh, both teams can... Uh, well, Collingham can get into the top four quite easily... Uh, and Boulderton can leapfrog Kimberley and put Kimberley in one of the relegation places. So a big weekend for both sides for different reasons. And being as we don't let you sit on the fence. I'm going to go for a <laughs> Collingham win and a draw in the Boulderton and Kimberley match. OK. If I believe at the moment with both sides struggling, I think one will shut up shop. Well, yeah. When, I, when I've when i got longer and haven't got a headache, perhaps when you come and see us in July, you can spend a good two or three hours explaining to me what a winning and a losing draw is. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and bring some... Are you, yeah, Tony's tried to explain. <laughs> I've lost track. I've lost track. Of that. I don't, you are, to me, you win or you lose, but oh, it's a draw. But. There you go. Well, that only applies in A, B and C. Yeah. Um, OK, yeah. then. So um, you made a note of that, Tony. Collingham to win, Bolton to draw. Yes, yeah. Okay, right, moving on. Right, Newakara and Emma and Fondon. Ooh. See, now, I'm going to get aided by one here. <laughs> yeah. This is win or lose. But I'm going with momentum. Sorry, Fondon. <sighs> I'm going to go for a narrow... See, I, I, give a, I only said narrow. <laughs> a narrow win for Newark R and M. But I will say, Fondon back... Whoever bats second, in my opinion, will win. But I have to pick one, so I'm just going to go for Newark R&M, just because I believe, that at the moment, the momentum is carrying them. And I think if Newark R&M do win that game, then they are, then we have got to believe that they're, um... They could serious. get promotion. They're serious. Yeah. Well, but there's to lose, then, because mm. they'll have beat both the teams that are chasing them in the first five weeks. Yeah. Now, Collingham 2s have got no game. Neither of Collingham three, so I would expect a lot of people going to watch the first this weekend. Uh, Flintham are in second place. Uh, they entertain Kimberley in fourth. Um, a couple of the guys that I were my, in my quick cricket side when I was actually... I was never classed as a coach, but I had, we had three quick cricket sides at Orsworth. And two of these guys now are playing for Kimberley Thirds, um, which is when I always look out for the others. Because I said there were five, six, and seven when I was training them, uh, and now they're uh, they're smashing the ball out of the park. And I don't know who taught them to do that, but it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> I, I never hit a ball out of the park. Uh, Cornton, they're in sixth after last week's great win, but they've got a hard match. They've got Attenborough Thirds, while Boulderton are playing top of the league, Woolerton. Newark R&M seconds have got Chilwell, they're in second. And Fondon twos have got Great Dolby. Guess what? They're second. They're second. 
So for the teams from Cornton, Boulderton, Toons, Newarkar and Emma Barnden, any if one of those can get a win, that's going to be a, a terrific scalp. All our sides, apart from Boulderton ones, are playing teams in the top half of the league. Well, Carrington are sixth. So there's some tough games for our teams this week with nine. I think if we can get three, four victories, we'll be doing well this week. The fixtures have felt quite awkwardly for our sides this weekend. Well, we'll see how we get on. Gary, I'm going to have to let you go because we've got um, a running week this week and I've got to get the results from from that one in. Uh, but next week we'll, we will get the full half hour. Gary, thank no you worries, so much. Mate. You have a great weekend. And you. Thanks. Cheers, Bye. pal. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Back to the telephone lines, and it's day four of the Gordon Wellborn week, and they've all been down by the Trent at Fondon tonight, and the sun's been shining, and uh, they've all had a lovely evening. And to tell us all about it, the man himself, Rob Orgill. Rob, good evening. Hello, Mick. Yeah, good evening from um, across the river Devon in Fondon. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Ecclesiastically, the Farndon boundary is the River Devon on Farndon Road. Okay. This piece of information, but there we are. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm impressed. Well, there we are. Yes. Yeah. I'm hey, impressed. Um, yeah. um, what sort a great of, evening. What sort of um, night have you had? Well, the weather's lovely. Yes. Yeah, um, numbers are up again. A lot of striders. A lot of um, not fast. Um, Tom has won the men's race. Um, but uh, Jeffrey still um, hangs on to the, um, well, I say hangs on, he's got a considerable lead in the series, because he's won um, the leading runner for all four, and then um, uh, uh, the mystery lady, um, <laughs> uh, she is uh, still in the lead, she's won to ladies tonight, and um, in the lead for the week on the ladies, so um, yeah, going into the last day, which is 10k, so twice the distance, it's, um, it looks as though it's a slam dunk for them. Good stuff. Mm. Um, and what did you say the figure was tonight? I reckon it's about 130 tonight. It's, I tell you, this is this is 100 plus now, all five nights last year. There's yeah. a job for you. When was the last time you was at less than 100? I'll have to, I'll have to phone a friend on that. Uh, yeah, now that, that's something for you to look at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it'll be a long time ago now. Yes. Good, good showing three, four years ago. Now, the road show descends on FlowServe tomorrow night, but it descends on FlowServe for something a little bit different. Yeah, we've got a 10k, um, so it's a bit, a bit of a wussy 5k all week. So 10k tomorrow, uh, so we go um, FlowServe on the old railway line, the Sustrans path to, to Cotton and back. Um, and we've got uh, Nigel Watkin will be down there turning them around and sending them back. So that's good. Um, so that's good. Um, uh, and then we're uh, afterwards we've got uh, some presentations and some awards and some trophies to hand out. Which is always well. worthwhile yeah. as well to see you working hard. It's a little bit late to start though, isn't it? Half, half seven start tomorrow, yeah. So, um, uh, and then... Um, uh, afterwards in the in in the bar for presentations so that's uh, that's that's good so yeah in, a nice nice 10k used, used to be really flat but now we've got a bridge uh, <laughs> over that over that new road that people grumble about but um uh, there we are that's, i believe they call it progress well they're going to make a, normally you get a an even bigger turnout on the 10k night than in the week don't you yeah we we were we, we last few years we had an extra 20 or 30 on the um on, on, on the Friday night, so yeah, it, it should be a, a bumper turnout. And if people want to come down and sample the atmosphere or just cheer people on, then you know, get yourselves down to Flowsev because yeah. it is a crap evening and runners like nothing more <laughs> than somebody cheering them on. No, that's true, that's true. As I say, it's, it's usually uh, good, good to watch them. You can watch them run out, watch them run back. Um, prize givings in the bar afterwards, and it's a, 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 I'll plug Flowsev Club because it's a nice little venue. I just want to get uh, some of uh, not fast yeah. chips. Ah, uh, yeah, your your body is a temple, isn't it? It is. I've n- it used to be a kebab house. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Go on then. Let, 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 uh, let's go for it. The Rob all girl joke. No, well, I was driving along today, and um, I was following a um, following a tractor. It must have been magic because it turned into a field. <laughs> <laughs> that was wasted, wasn't it? 
You see why people stop for this presentation, don't you? To give yes. him a mic tomorrow night. No, I promise I won't tell any jokes tomorrow. Oh, by, the t- by the time I've sat in front of that computer and sorted the results out, my brain will be will be mush, so I won't, I won't be able to remember any jokes. <laughs> Good stuff. Rob, I'll see you tomorrow night. Let's hope the weather behaves for the final and, night. Uh, uh, did Mr Smith want a hat? <laughs> I'd, I'd love one. Okay, so I'll see what Santa can bring you, sir. the one that comes right down over his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got one of those. I've had it specially extended and knitted. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> the wonderful Mr. Rob Orgill. You know, and well, yeah. I, I do say this time and time again, we are blessed with some cracking guests, aren't we? Oh, you know, from just... the twins <clears throat> and, and Graham with that report and Not Fast Dave and... Gary's settling in and, well, Rob's just Rob, isn't he? Uh, I, I was flicking through the um, Radio Newark um, website, I think, and, and the, uh, the the picture on there of, 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 of Rob and his good lady is absolutely lovely, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it, it's, it it's a smashing picture. We've had one guest in this week, because we always like to say thank you to our guests on the first night. We've had one guest in this week... Um, Peter Mason is a gentleman mm. that I've mm. only known in this studio. You've known him for an awful long time, but he's he's one of that happy band of men that loves telling a story. He's, and he's I, mm. I it, it's almost the granddad thing <laughs> where you can you can sit down on the floor in front of him and just listen. I have done many a time. Um mainly because you can't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> but no, no I've I've known him for 30 years, and um, I think I was saying to you, um, he hasn't changed facially in all of those 30-odd years. Remarkable bloke, and um, one of life's great, great characters and a great, great friend of mine. Um, So he was was this week's um, star guest. He was this week's only guest. Um, Next week, we've got guests on on two nights. Um, if it rains all day Saturday, I haven't got a clue what's going to happen on Monday night, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to If Craig Roach is listening to this, please announce some <coughs> signings before Monday if there's no cricket. We need to talk. Mm. To, we need to talk. Um, Tuesday night, Stacey Atkins is coming back. Stacey, oh, yeah. in this studio. She is actually up to, in between triathlons and ultras and all silly things like that, she's doing the A to Z of park runs. Okay. So you need to find, you know, Altrincham and Birmingham and... Coventry and whatever you know what I mean yeah and we're going to try and find out um I'm familiar with the A to Z well I I just just try to help (laughs) you a little bit I know your navigation is not up to much um she's coming in on Tuesday night um I think she's bringing someone with us who she's bringing that's going to be a a surprise and they're going to tell us about some of their um their trips early morning Saturday trips um out and about and on Wednesday night it's a lady that I have never ever met never spoke to her wouldn't know if she walked in the door now. Pat Bailey, Jan Bailey's mum. Yeah. Oh, this is the... Yes, uh, I'm going to just leave this until Wednesday night uh. because looking at her CV, (laughs) she makes the rest of us feel like we go home and just go to a knit and natter. What that lady hasn't achieved and done in the sporting world is not worth talking about. So I think... On Wednesday night, Tony, me and you are just going to be sitting back, mm. listening to the world of Pat Bailey. <laughs> and I can't, I can't wait for that one. No, I, I, I can't wait for that one because I've done no homework and um, we will see what she has to say. Now, remember last night when we left, we told you it was our genial Geordie, Sir Douglas Hall and his 60s show. And I don't normally see Doug then for a week. Guess what? He's not back, is he? He's back. Oh, my goodness. Entering the door as we speak, the one and only Sir Douglas Hall, for one night only, taking over from Dean Anderson. You'll enjoy this. We 